Welcome back to another episode of Inspiring Women. I am your host, Lori McGraw. Every week, I share episodes with incredible women who share their career journeys so that you can hopefully hear something as you aim to make your own impact on this world. Please do subscribe to Inspiring Women to hear from incredible women every week. This week, episode 115, I'm speaking with Joanne Mizell. She is the Chief Operating Officer of a joint venture between Banner and Aetna in the Phoenix, Arizona region. She's a 30-year executive who has spent her career trying to make an impact on the lives of others. Importantly, Joanne actually retired, and she retired, found that through an, her own health journey with a family member, that it was complicated. When she had the opportunity to dive back in and help impact the lives positively for hundreds of thousands of people in her local area, something very important to her, she jumped at it. And she started working on some of the most annoying but yet complicated areas. Things like complex patient billing, how much do I owe? Things like that. You can learn a lot by listening to Joanne and just hearing her passion and why she came out of retirement to do this important work. So with that, please again, do subscribe to Inspiring Women, but let's hear from Joanne. This is Inspiring Women, and I am Lori McGraw, and today I'm speaking with Joanne Mizell, and she's the Chief Operating Officer at Banner and Aetna, located in Phoenix. She's a 30-year healthcare executive. She has been working at both health insurances as well as the payer um, the payer and billing side. We're going to talk to her about some of the innovations that they're, do they're doing at Aetna and Banner, like why is billing so complicated? And Joanne, thank you so much for being on Inspiring women. Thank you for having me. Well, it's heart day. Red, go wear red for a like healthy heart day. And so I wish I got the memo. You look fantastic, Joanne. You know, why don't you, we get started um, with, you know, your 30 years as an executive in the healthcare space. I know it's like, that's a long time. It's great. A lot of amount of time to make an impact. Why don't you tell us what it's like day to day for you as the chief operating officer of Banner and Aetna? Sure, sure. So um, our, our company is Banner Aetna. And um, just by, you know, way of a real quick background, and we can get more into it later. It, uh, we are a joint venture company between um, Aetna, the health insurance company that most have probably heard of. And if you live in Arizona, you've heard of Banner Health, uh, the largest health system in Arizona. And uh, we are a separate uh, insurance company um, licensed in the state of Arizona. And um, so my day-to-day, -day, the, the nice thing about a joint venture um, as a newer company, as opposed to building something from the ground up, is that um, much of the services, the insurance services, uh, we do purchase from Aetna. And uh, that has been great for me because it, lets me focus more on how to improve things and what to do next and how we take the company to, to the next level and less on day-to-day -day administration. So uh, that still obviously is a big part is making sure it all runs well, but uh, with Aetna's track record and history and infrastructure, there's tons of support there. So uh, the fun thing about my job uh, currently with Banner Aetna 
is that uh, I do get to spend a lot of time thinking about and um, doing discovery around potential innovation within our industry. And there's a lot of, a lot that needs to be done. I, I hear uh, others in the insurance industry that try to defend um, how everything's working really well. And it's hard to do that because things aren't going well. Um, and as you said, 30 years in the industry, uh, a lot of things have improved, technology's improved, but with that comes uh, quite a bit of complexity and members are getting more and more and more confused and kind of lost in, in the whole system. So, um, so my day-to-day -day, uh, for the most part is looking at and finding ways to improve, uh, working with our health system partner, Banner Health, and uh, which is just so much easier because we're all part of the same family, yeah. right? Um, we're not in a uh, confrontational or adversarial role like many payers are when, uh, when working with the health system. We're in a collaborative role and we just get so much more done that way. Yeah, well, you have so much experience in the payer side. And so being in this joint venture, that is kind of an interesting new thing. I, I too am 30 years in the healthcare and technology um, space. So I've seen the shifts and certainly payers and insurers have really become sort of like more prominent and the complexity for the patient who's getting care, receiving care, first of all, figuring out who to see and how, you know, what is covered. There is tremendous complexity there. So I want to talk about some of those innovations. I think that that is both interesting, certainly needed, and, you know, what you're doing to be able to make an impact for patients has got to be um, both how do you do it, but gratifying when you can right. achieve that. But before we do that, Joanne, you've been in the healthcare space for a long time. My understanding is they had to sort of pull you out of retirement to get yeah. back into things. And you've been focused on being locally in Arizona for the past 25 years. So maybe just a quick bio sketch, like what brought you into the healthcare space and then mm -hmm. what kept you there? Right. Right. Well, like a lot of people, I, uh, I accidentally came into the space, not thinking it would be, you know, my full career. Um, I, I actually started uh, working for an insurance company, health insurance company as a senior in high school, Wow! Um, as a part-time job. Uh, and uh, I, you know, certainly never thought I'd be here, you know, 30 plus years later. And, and I am, uh, the, uh, the industry, just like I said, has changed so much. And I feel, you know, this uh, podcast about women and empowering women, I feel that I was very fortunate to have uh, been at various organizations under women leaders, oh. as well as men who, who, who made me feel empowered. And some of it may have been uh, just being naive as a younger person early on, I, I didn't know any different. And, you know, I was as smart as the guys. And, um, you know, I, I never felt like it was uh, keeping me back. But I did have some good role models and, uh, and people that I wanted to emulate and then others that I wanted to not do anything the way that they've done it. You know, you learn from both. Um, and, and just over time, I... I grew in my career in that industry and a couple of different companies. I did work for uh, for Aetna for boy 20, 
plus years, a long time, and retired from Aetna um, thinking I was done. Um, I did a number of things besides that and uh, just kind of bringing me back from retirement. My husband retired at the same time I did, and he's an avid golfer. So um, he had plenty of things to fill his time. And I found lots of other things. I, I, I did uh, quite a bit of uh, volunteer work. I got involved a little bit in, in um, lobbying as a citizen, the, the local state legislature on important things to me and my family. Um, and, uh, and then my husband uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And we engaged as, as uh, a relatively healthy family, we engaged in the health system, the way many people do, um, not knowing exactly where to go. Uh, but my background gave me certainly more insight than the typical patient would have. And it was just really hard, even so. Um, getting information, I did know people, but you never really know, are you getting the right information? Are you going to the right place? Um, what exactly is going to be covered? Uh, you know, it, it, it was, for me, very eye-opening, being kind of an expert in the industry and still seeing how complicated it was. So with Banner Aetna, when I was approached to uh, about this position, uh, let's see, a little over six, five years ago, I guess it was, I, uh, it, it was a hook for me and I never thought I would do it, but the hook for me was our company is trying to fix healthcare in Arizona. And that just, you know, really uh, struck a chord for me because I knew it needed to be fixed and it needs to be fixed everywhere. But, um, you know, back to your question about Arizona and all the time in Arizona, it, it does need to be fixed. But I think if you can fix and improve in one area, a smaller geography with fewer variables, then that will expand and it will spread. And um, so that was just really intriguing to me. And, and it was also intriguing that we had the support and the infrastructure of the health system and the, the payer um, to do our business so that we really, the day-to-day -day of our business, so we could really focus on making meaningful change yeah. um, in, in Arizona. So um, that's kind of what pulled me back in. My gosh, well, what a story. And, you know, first of all, incredible to have that experience and hoping that your husband is on a path of health. <laughs> Um, so that's wonderful, but the experience firsthand to not be able to navigate that with the level of knowledge that you mm -hmm. have as an executive in the insurance space. Um, and now to bring that to, with the real world view of that patient experience has, has got to be very beneficial. So maybe Joanne, let's talk about that because I think that, you know, in terms of this joint venture, um, when we talk about sort of like the complexity, there's this concept, and I think I've heard the term, um, coming from you called Payvider, um, so like you know, not provider, but a payvider. So, so what are you working on? What is the innovation that's needed, and how does it impact a patient? Right. So, so the payvider that that term is becoming more prevalent, and you, you see more about it, and it can mean a lot of different things. In our case with Banner Aetna, what it means is we're 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 a 
payer and a provider that got married and um, we're creating something new um, together. So um, what that does is as a joint venture, it's a little different than some other pay biter relationships, but as a joint venture, our incentives are aligned. Um, both companies own half of Banner Aetna, so they're equally invested in, uh, in our future and our success. So that gives us a lot of, um, a lot of support, not just from the infrastructure in the day-to-day, -day, but we have the support of our board who is made up of executives from both companies. And uh, they stand behind us and they push their organizations to, to support us. So the, with my many, many years in the uh, health insurance industry and in the healthcare industry, uh, the, I, 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 I'm no longer dealing with everything's a negotiation. You know, how much can I get and how much will you give and that sort of thing. Now we collaborate um, to help each person. So one person to us is a member, that same person is a patient to the health system, right? But it's the same person. And uh, we're really trying to simplify healthcare, make the process of accessing healthcare and um, getting paid for the healthcare um, that they need without, you know, breaking the bank for that member. And one of the hardest things in that is just helping them understand how many resources they have as a patient and as a member uh, together. So one, um, one thing we did when we became a company was we, you know, we realized we have two very large parent companies with very um, ingrained cultures. And um, we, we saw really clearly that we needed to create and build a culture of our own that's about innovation. It's not about you know, a 200 almost year old company and a, a you know, 50 year old company. It's about innovation and change. And uh, so we, we did that and we used a, a company that helped us to do that. And we created what we call the Banneret No Way. And the Banneret No Way, is a set of uh, fundamentals, we call them, which are essentially behaviors that we um, ask and expect our employees and our contractors to exhibit as they conduct business on our behalf. And uh, the number one of that, of the 29 fundamentals, I'll read it to you right here, is never forget why we're here to fix healthcare. The current path is unsustainable. Be courageous and drive the change our industry so desperately needs. Do it for our friends, families, and future generations. Solutions are in reach. So that's our number one guiding fundamental. And that's what we're trying to do really is, is not just create it for our company, but to let it spread. Well, I think in these uh, relationships and these, you know, pay biters, um, you know, that are out there, certainly complexity, there's lots of 
cost, administrative cost, and other things. And I think that the you know the financial benefits, um, you know, you can sort of understand them from a business perspective. Tell me what the benefits are from the patient. And you, we started this in terms of your inspiration for you know why this joint venture was exciting to you mm-hmm. was because of your own personal you know experience navigating the healthcare system. What can patients expect? And mm-hmm. so because at the end of the day, when you're dealing with a health crisis, um, trying to navigate the health system is complicated. And really all of that uh, uh, banner Aetna way is less important to the person receiving care, but how they're receiving care and the outcome that they want to achieve is their priority. So what, what should a patient expect out of, you know, all of that great work that you're doing? Yeah. Uh, so, so the way I view a patient is like I said before, a patient really, they, they go back and forth between being a patient and a member, right. In, in, the, in the same, the same person. Um, and where patients and members get really caught in the middle is not knowing what's my network. Where can I go? How much do I have to pay? Who's the best doctor? Um, where should, where, you know, where, which facility within the network is the best within that? So those are really quite heavily dependent on the insurer um, who lay out the, the, the design. Um, we're, we're no longer in the days where you went to, uh, to your doctor and your doctor told you what to do and you do whatever they do and, and maybe you pay for it with a chicken. You know, um, the, those those aren't here anymore. Um, so it's just very complex. And patients do worry about, am I going to get paid for this? Is this going to cause me a um, financial catastrophe? Sure. Yeah. Um, and and it's hard for them to know, is is this the, the most efficient way for me to get my care? So, for example... Um, a couple things that we've done. And, and one I think you're kind of getting at is what we call frictionless billing. And um, I'm really excited about that because it's not something that we could have created without being the joint venture. We just couldn't have without that level of collaboration. So what we call frictionless billing kind of evolved, um, creating the solution evolved from some market research on what are the the biggest things that uh, patients and members um, dislike or are confused about with their health insurance. And over and over, number one, believe it or not, was they can't figure out their explanation of benefits. Yeah, and they don't I believe it. I, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem believing it if they've been to, um, you know, get seek healthcare at all. It is confusing. Um, and so, so what was the improvement? So what we did was, well, the, the way it works for most payers is you go and you get your care and then you wait and your insurer processes the claim. And then they send you something that says, here's how much we paid. And then the provider sends you something saying, here's how much you owe. And then they have to figure out how to reconcile that right. and know what do I really owe. So what we did was take that, that assignment away from the patient and we created instead of doing you have an explanation of benefit in the bill and you have to reconcile we're giving them one statement and it has banner Aetna and banner health on the statement we've said this is your single source of truth 
Um, we put on there how much you've already paid, how much we've paid, how much has been a write-off, and here's how much you owe. So they know right at that point in time. And then along the way, as part of that solution, um, we, as, as the, the bill is going through the process of, uh, through the insurer and bumping it up against all of the rules, um, we're communicating uh, typically electronically with that member with a status tracker. Um, we, we started calling it the pizza tracker, like you're, uh, you order a pizza and it tells you where it is along, along the way until it arrives at your door. Um, and that status tractor tells them where, where their bill is. It's been submitted to your insurance company. And so they know what to expect. Yeah, those are those simple, simple pieces of communication are so helpful. And I think, quite frankly, that, you know, most people do have an expectation that things should be simplified. I mean, I know exactly where my Amazon purchase is at any, you know, from the second I press the right. buy button. So, well, that's great. And, and, you know, certainly, I mean, it sounds obvious and um, simple. I really do appreciate the complexity that's behind it. So thank you for the work um, in making that better, because I'm sure for, for patients, um, bills and the financial burden, is some of the highest anxiety, even, yes, you, know, right. you know, right, right along with whatever the diagnosis they might be dealing right, with. Right. Joanne, let's go back to you. So just, you know, 30 years again, you know, pulled out of retirement, still, you know, hard at work here. Um, and so maybe some of the lessons along the way. So I'll just give you some of the, you know, types of questions we get from listeners. So um, maybe a professional win for you along the way that changed the trajectory of your career. Little example. Yeah. So being a longer career <laughs> as mine, I, I can't really point to a specific win that did that for me. And, and I think that losses have as much of an impact on the trajectory as, as wins, because it kind of guides you in the direction that you're going. Um, I, I think some, some of the, what I would call wins have been, um, stepping out and taking a chance when I was afraid, mm -hmm. when I felt like I can't do it, this is more than I can take on and doing it anyway um, and being encouraged by, by others. You know, I think that's something for uh, especially younger women who are, uh, you know, beginning their career. Uh, there's often a reluctance to take a new opportunity because uh, you're not ready for it, or I'm not trained for it, and I don't know if I'll succeed. But um, my experience has been, if somebody asks you to do that, um, they, they see something in you that, that says you can do it. And um, I, I've been fortunate to have a number of those kinds of opportunities, not always promotional, sometimes it's a lateral yep. that gives you broader um, experience and, um, and insight into the business. But, um, but then I've, you know, other things that have been mistakes and you just, you have to recover from them quickly and get back on track. So I, I, I can't point to a single, single, uh, win in that category. Yeah. Well, I do think, I mean, I agree with you sometimes the, you know, the hardest things, which are not feel goods at the moment, end up being the greatest learning opportunities. You know, women uh, executives, you know, at your level, um, they're always lifelong learners. They're always learning from others. Who inspires you today? I, I'm inspired by thinkers that aren't speaking from the rule book. I'm, I'm inspired by, um, our, we, we have a wonderful team here 
um, our executive team. Um, I, I, our chief medical officer is someone who just makes you think. He went, I think I know where he's coming from on something and COVID was, was a time frame during that where there was so much unknown and he, he studied and, and really tried to understand everything uh, in, in the literature and everything available and, and you know, filter it and figure out what's real and what's not real. And, uh, but conversations with, with him as an example, uh, always make me think and think about things in ways that I'm not seeing on social media. I'm not seeing in, in the, you know, regular media that really, I, I'm just inspired when, when someone, someone gives me an opportunity to think about something in a way that I hadn't thought of before and potentially change how I'm thinking about something. Yeah. So um, there's, there's a lot of people like that. And then there's, there's a lot, a lot that you work with that you just, um, you, they're very uh, predictable and even, and you know exactly where they're coming from. But I, it does inspire me to 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 have my ideas challenged and see things in a different way. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Also, just for others, just to think about, you know, when you have the opportunity to work with people who don't think and see things the same way you do, that challenges and helps you continue to learn and grow. Joanne, I've really appreciated this conversation. And just as we close out on inspiring women, you know, in your, your time as an executive, I just love to hear some nugget, you know, that's meant something to you along the way that you might share with other listeners who are probably at the earlier stages of their career. Yeah. So for, um, I, I always share this with women um, who, who are younger and ask um, for this, that just based on my career, and, and when I started, women weren't as much in leadership at, at all. And, and fortunately now it's it's a lot better and there's a lot more opportunity. Um, but I, I still think that the best thing you can do is watch leaders that you respect and admire and um, and learn from them, and uh, but speak, remain true to yourself. Don't become that person. And there's sometimes a tendency to do that, to try to be, copy everything they do in their mannerisms or how they uh, deal with uh, colleagues and so forth. But um, you can tell when it's genuine and when it's not. And um, you know, just learn from from those leaders uh, that you admire, and and the ones that you don't say, oh, I got to be sure that's not something I'm going to do in in the way I develop uh, myself. So I that's a big one, and then the, the other one I think is even more um, relevant today in the workforce is um, a, a lateral move isn't necessarily a bad move, and uh, you know. Think about not just that move when you have that opportunity and uh, and turning it down because it's not a promotion. Think about what it's going to do for your future five years from now and, and beyond that. So th those are my, my two little nuggets I would share. Well, I think they're great nuggets and we'll close on that. And this has been such a great conversation, Joanne. I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been an excellent, inspiring women conversation. I've been speaking with jo Joanne Mizell and Joanne, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McCormick. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. 
I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.